Welcome to Spirit School. My name is Danielle Serenk, also known as the Squamish Medium. I am the host of your Spirit School, where I will share all the lessons and learnings that I have uncovered through my intuitive development and mediumship development journey. I am a professional psychic and medium and intuitive teacher and mentor, and I look forward to walking alongside you on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm really excited today to talk about an episode based off of a theme of questions I have been receiving lately. I have been asked time and time again in the past couple weeks, when did you feel like you were ready? When did you feel like you were ready or good enough or prepared enough? to put yourself out there as a professional psychic medium. So this is something I really want to talk about today because there is no straightforward answer, but I definitely can share a bit of my story and some of the things that I went through trying to assess myself if I was good enough to be a professional psychic medium and when I finally made the leap and all the stuff in between. And then I do have, you know, a couple things written down that I'll say near the end of things you might want to consider when you're assessing yourself. Am I ready to put myself out there? Again, we all have different spiritual gifts that we are coming into the world with and supporting the world of spirit with. So, I usually end up talking from the mediumship lens because that's where my passion lies. That's where I have chosen to serve the world of spirit. So do know that even though I'm sharing my story from a mediumship lens, this would still be applicable to the tarot readers out there, the angel readers, the Reiki healers, the animal communicators, the medical intuitives. However you want to show up for the world of spirit, this will be applicable. So... I usually like to start to premise with, I do not encourage anyone to take the path that I took because I took a very slow, steady, and painful path. Um, I listened way too much to what other people thought I was and wasn't as a deciding factor um, into when I should take the leap. So I do share my story quite vulnerably and honestly, like I share everything here on the Spirit School podcast. So I will get into all the good, bad, and ugly of transitioning from somebody who used to work with race cars on race teams, international, national race teams, short stint in the indigenous health and wellness industry, and then turned professional psychic medium. So it's quite a fascinating transition and we will get down to it. So just to backtrack a little bit into my mediumship development journey, I did not wake up into my mediumship gifts for myself until I was 31 years old and I had my daughter. I was very interested in mediumship growing up as a teenager and as a youth. I got my first mediumship book, Talking to Heaven, at my grandmother's funeral and I read it when I was before I was 11. I think I got it when I was nine and I remember reading it before I was 11. Of course, I couldn't fully comprehend everything, but I did definitely always have a spiritual thirst. Um, You know, it translated into seeking faith, going to Jehovah church and Catholic church and Sunday school and Bible camps. I was a very weird child. (laughs) I was just so thirsty for spirituality. So even though I didn't awaken to my gifts till I was 31, I think that was just due to free will. I do feel looking back on my life, there was an opportunity at 17 and 24 and 27 to hop onto the mediumship path and I would get really into it and spirit would align me 
like I ended up joining a paranormal investigation group when I was 20 and I would follow the medium and I would take notes and I would try to validate the things that he was saying. His name is Raj. He was lovely. And I feel like these are all signs where spirit was like, um, hello, you're more than just interested, but it just never occurred to me. I had a very colorful past. Most mediums do um, come from abuse, addictions, um, traumatic backgrounds. I had a very traumatic background um, in my high school years as well as my early 20s in abusive marriage. And I just never thought that angels would speak to me or God would speak to me or spirit would be interested in speaking to me because I was the furthest thing in my eyes from spiritual or from pure enough to be able to communicate with the world of spirit. So that was deep healing number one I had to go through before I felt good enough to enter the realm of a spiritual service provider. But this was the way my thoughts were all my life was that why would spirit talk to me? Like, look at John Edwards on TV. He's got to be so pure and he's got to be perfect. There's no way he's ever done drugs or drank or, you know, encountered the things that I've encountered in my life. So there was this story that I created very young that already set me up to not feel good enough to do this work. So think from your own lens. Do you have stories you're carrying around like a, like a trusty little backpack with bricks in it? <laughs> Are there stories that you're telling yourself that you're not good enough because X, Y, Z or Z for the Americans? Look into this, like come up with these stories that are holding you back from even thinking that you're good enough to provide these services professionally and start working through them. I had to do a lot of work through them, a lot before I felt like I was good enough. And the truth is I actually went professional before I really ironed out and healed some of those old stories. So you can be a service provider for the world of spirit and still be on that healing journey. I truly believe that they run in parallel with one another. And the second that we set the intention to the world of spirit, I'm here to serve. How can I serve you today? We are telling the world of spirit that we are open to deep and deep healing. So the healing journey and the professional spiritual journey go hand in hand and are aligned tracks like a train track, I believe, through our whole life. I don't think we are ever done healing. I think that we will continually be triggered and we will continually uh, have wounds come up that need to be looked at, but that doesn't mean that we are not ready to start on this path. Fast forward to, you know, past the paranormal investigation group phase, which I was in for four years. I uh, really enjoyed my experiences with them. And I even traveled, you know, a big part of the world trying to, you know, go to some of the most haunted locations in the world or supposed haunted locations. And I was super, super into it. And then again, when I was 27, I went through a really horrible breakup, uh, totally blindsided. And I got a reading the same day that the relationship ended, very again, synchronistic with this indigenous healer who happened to be in Squamish. And my friend happened to get me a session with her and it was life-changing. I listened to the recording of that session every day for over a year and her name is Ishil and I-S-H-I-L you can you google her she's lovely she actually did her reading with a pendulum and all these different pages um, but she was able to come up with some of my ancestors and just because I'm indigenous she was indigenous like some of you know the um, intergenerational history that we shared and that I went through 
And she said to me, you know, I'm going to get readings from you one day. And it took, totally caught me off guard. I was like, no, <laughs> like I am not going to be a reader. There's no way like spirit's going to talk to me. She's like, no, trust me. I'm going to get readings from you one day. And that was like the furthest thing at 27 years old from my mind at the time. And it was fascinating to me because it never left me. I didn't take any inspired action towards making it come to fruition. But it was probably about the fourth time since I was 17 that I had a reading where somebody said that to me. And I just never believed it when people told me that. Then you fast forward to... Uh, when I was 31 and I had my daughter and I don't even know how I ended up with a ticket to see this lady do a group reading in Squamish. It was like in front of like a hundred people and the first spirit communicator that came through was for me though somebody else claimed this person it was definitely for me <laughs> like the name, the country, the history, like everything. And it was somebody that um, he was my abuser of, of all things and I was waiting to hear from this person for so long and I was like no this is my spirit <laughs> and sure enough somebody else claimed it but the message resonated with me so I took it and I told my friend who was watching my little girl about the experience I was like wow and it was it was incredible it was just like watching John Edwards on TV and I hadn't seen anything like that since I was like 17 and my friend who's the same friend who got me the reading with Ishel funny enough Trish if you're listening um, you've been a huge impact in my life every major transition or traditional phase I've had she has always been the anchor for me behind those experiences well for my birthday she bought me a one-on-one reading with this medium and the medium again brought up the person I was hoping to hear from which no other medium had ever connected with um, was able to see the good the bad the ugly and the healing and she said to me you know that you have these abilities right like you know that you're a medium and I said look to her I said you know I've been told that since I was 17 years old when I saw my first medium, but I just, I just don't think angels will talk to me. Like I'm not pure enough. And she basically laughed in my face and she said, Oh my love, like it has nothing to do with purity, nothing to do with purity. And that was kind of the first time that I'd heard of anybody talk about somebody being able to communicate with the world of spirit who was not holier than thou again like even when I was looking at college or university I was looking into theology studies like I was calling around universities like I want to study about the world's religions and faiths but not from a Christian lens I want a completely unbiased lens and there was no such thing out there so she totally blew me away from the sense where like you don't have to be holier than thou to do this work like you can be a total f up in your life and still provide you know for the world of spirit and so she invited me to come to one of her classes and she told me to sign up for the mediumship class but I didn't want to I was like I'm not a medium and so I signed up for the just like spiritual development class and very synchronistic event happened where she canceled class because nobody could make it, but I was already halfway there and I used to travel 400 kilometers a class, which I don't know what that translates to, maybe 300 miles uh, a class to go see her once a month um, in this class setting. And she canceled it. I said, oh, bummer. I'm like almost there. And it was a lot to get there through rush hour traffic, crossing like five cities. <laughs> 
finding somebody to watch my baby while I did this. And so she said, okay, just come anyways. Like, we'll do something together. And funny enough, only one other woman ended up showing up at that class. And my teacher said, okay, let's just try something. And she sat me down in front of the lady. She's like, Danielle, close your eyes and just tell me what you see. And all of a sudden, these shadows appeared to me in my mind's eye, in my imagination center. And my claircognizance kicked in, which I know now. I didn't have names for this back then. But I was like, well, I see two figures that are shadow-like, white background, gray figures. I know one is a grandmother, and she has a young man with him. And this woman started crying. And I was like, okay, why is she crying? Um, and then I said, can I say a name? And the teacher said, well, for sure, go for it. And I said the name Dustin. I said, I'm hearing Dustin. And then the woman started crying hysterically. And she actually grabbed my arm and started gasping. And I just said a few more things. And just her reaction kind of freaked me out. So I came out of it pretty quick. But it turned out her son was Justin. And he had just passed away eight months before um, from tragedy. And so I was able to connect with him quite clearly. And when the teacher said, so that's a mediumship connection, I was like, what? Like, that was kind of easy. She's like, yeah, it's not as hard as people think or the TV makes it. So that was my first mediumship experience. And I was bought and sold after that. But two things happened that day. One, I realized that spirit wanted to connect with me and it was easy for me to connect with them. Two, I realized the huge responsibility mediums have because they are dealing with broken hearts and some of the most fragile broken hearts the world could create I felt a huge responsibility in that moment and I told the world of spirit that night I was blown away going home I was like crying I was like oh my god like this could be something and I made a vow to the world of spirit I'm like I will do this work I will follow this path but I will not give readings to people until I know what I am doing. And that was the vow that I made to spirit. So as I started going on this mediumship development journey, I studied under that teacher for over three years. Every month, five hours, going to her studio, getting one-on-one -on -one mentorship like once a month, um, practice readings only in class, but she would set things up much like I do for my students where strangers would come in. So I would have different people to read than just the other few women who are in our circle. And man, it, what exciting times that was. I kept a, you know, this podcast is based off of my online journal from those early days. I, I documented everything that happened to me, everything, every little tiny situation that happened to me. Um, I did it and and I documented it and so sometimes when I am looking for podcast ideas I'll go back to that online journal and I'll pull out something that I was worried about or something that was I found kind of funny and I'll just kind of talk about that so I kind of set this Virgo sun goal <laughs> I'm going to do 150 practice readings before I even consider charging people or like putting my name out there because I was also building a career in corporate and you have to understand for somebody like me that only has high school no post-secondary I was building a career in the indigenous health and wellness world which is a far cry from the motorsports world that I had left and I had spent you know about 12 years in which 
was definitely not corporate. So I was very concerned about my reputation. I was very concerned about what people thought about me because I was creating a good reputation and name for myself within this industry. So it was a very complex situation for me when I first started developing. And I had a lot more at stake. I had a baby now and a mortgage and a husband who did not believe in mediumship. And little did I know that 150 readings takes a long time. And I did do it because I always say what I am going to do. I am very dependable like that. And I don't even lie to myself. It took me three and a half years to do 150 readings. So for three and a half years of my development journey, I studied under my first mentor, who I will not name, um, because things did not end well there. One day I will share this story, but years later, I still have PTSD. <laughs> like legit PTSD my uh, counselor says so I just cannot talk about it yet but um I also studied with Tony Stockwell and Mavis Patella um I get asked a lot about people I studied under more recently um Aboriginal medium Sean Leonard who's absolutely phenomenal Lindsay Marino who's probably one of the sweetest people you will ever meet in your life um I've had some um, and Claire McNall who you know she doesn't do mediumship anymore but I studied under some of the coolest, most diverse, most like, you know, leaders in this field when it comes to mediumship development. But the first three and a half years, I studied under this one teacher who, despite the way that our relationship ended, which was, you know, a fiery crash and burn situation, um, she was a very good teacher and she really instilled a lot of, um, integrity within the work of mediumship she made sure that all the experiences were very sacred but to the extreme point where I was scared to talk about my sessions I was scared to talk about what was going on in this circle because I I literally was made to feel like spirit would take away my gifts or I would be seen as not worthy of having these gifts if I talked about the experiences like we had a table tipping experience that was probably the most um, profound spiritual experiences of my life having one of the girl's brothers come through in this table tipping experience where this table literally levitated six feet off the ground and flew across the room with us chasing it for like half an hour this wasn't just like a spontaneous thing this went on for like half an hour to the point I was brought to my knees crying I didn't talk about that experience for probably about three years because the way that she expressed it it was like you will be punished if you talk about this. I was like, shit, I'm like, I better not talk about this. <laughs> and now I work for the world of spirit a lot more. I know that is the furthest thing from the case. But um, I was still very lucky and I still consider those first few years to be very fortunate to study under this person. And I do believe that our relationship was very karmic in a lot of ways. And we had some karma to work out. And did we ever? <laughs> But I won't bore you with all that now. But one of the things with the teacher um, was that she made me feel for years that I was not ready and that I was not good enough to get out there in the world and do this work professionally. And she apologized years later for that when we tried to reconcile, um, saying it was slightly intentional and she does apologize for that, which made me feel very validated because I hated thinking of a spiritual teacher as somebody who would be intentionally mean. And, you know, having them kind of express that was really a healing for me in a way but a big part of why I took three and a half years to feel good enough to do this work was because of that relationship 
So then the answer is, when did I feel good enough to put myself out there? And I truly believe in my situation, it was very different than I'm about to give you guys advice on. Because again, I want to experience this stuff so you guys can avoid it. You'll have your own lessons. If I can spare you the tough lessons that I had, and then all you have to deal with is your own, then my mission is accomplished. So this is why I share stuff so vulnerably, because I really want people who work with me to be better mediums than I am like you could do better you can do things like faster and more intelligently just based off of the hardships that I've had but it doesn't mean that you're going to avoid your own you're going to have your own hang-ups you're going to have your own shit you got to sift through your own healing your own experiences but I just want you to kind of avoid things that I feel like if I were to do things a little bit differently this is what I would do so after the three and a half years I had had a second child by this time who almost killed me, but I love him. He's wonderful. Um, And I had a teacher uh, who ended up being my shamanic immersion teacher. She was my shamanic teacher. But before she was my teacher, she kind of knew that I was dibbling um, into the mediumship world because we met at a circle and I kind of opened up in this circle. I was like four years into my development. Yeah, I know I do mediumship work. And people were like, oh, really? Really? Well, yeah, kind of. But, you know, I, I'm not charging yet or anything like that. I, I'm just like learning about it. Oh, how long have you been learning for? Oh, like four years. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? People are like, Okay. So this woman who used to host a winter solstice event, she asked me, she said, do you want to come do mini readings at my event? And I was like, okay, yeah, no, I think that's a really good idea, of course. So I was scared as hell, as hell, and I told her I would because I don't know why. I just felt like it was divine intervention at the time. They're like, okay, Danielle, get out there before we literally like kick you out of the house. And I went to this event. I charged $20 and I did five readings that night for people for 20 minutes. And it was fantastic. Like it was so much fun. I was able to connect for everybody um, who came and saw me. I was the only um, healer at the event who got fully booked. And it was funny because even when I was studying under my first teacher, she used to do these psychic fairs and this was the only time I worked for the public for money before because she organized it all. Um, And I would always be fully booked out. Like I would do nine readings a day and I would always be fully booked out. So this is one of my signs for you guys to know that you're ready is people want to work with you. (laughs) Your people are asking you, are you doing readings? Do you do this service? Can I work with you? That's a real telltale sign that you are ready to be out there. Spirit is aligning these people to you. Even recently, I had a client come sit with me who came and saw me at one of those psychic fairs like five years ago. She's like, oh yeah, I had a reading with you at that psychic fair. I'm like, fascinating. Like, man, that feels like a lifetime ago. But um, yeah, so my first event out and about was at this winter solstice event in 2016 and I loved it and so I started toying with the idea I was like man okay I guess I guess I could do this right so then I started thinking about like I don't really want my name on this because I'm still building my career and I can't have my name associated with this so I started calling myself the Squamish medium and this was way before I even knew about the Long Island medium and I felt so cheesy after seeing that show I was like oh my god I should change my name (laughs) Like literally, and but I'd already been pretty well known by that time by that name, so I was like, whatever, I'll keep it. 
I'll just keep it because I just kind of came up with it. And yeah, once I hung up my shingle, so to speak, in late 2016, by spring of 2017, I was booking a year and a half out. Like every time I would do a reading for somebody, I would have two more people calling me. That was the thing that I always saw. I was like, every time I did a reading, two more people would come. And I'll be honest with you, in those really early days, I still questioned if I was good enough because all I was seeing was the people on TV. All I was seeing is how good the teachers I studied under under were. And I didn't feel like I compared. And the really interesting thing about that is I don't think that that comparison ever leaves. Like I love studying other mediums and I admire the pants off of other mediums. And so I never look at them and study them from a lens of jealousy or envy. It's always curiosity and just like expansion. I'm like, man, I'm so happy. Like Sean Leonard's the best medium in the world without a doubt, without a doubt. And when I watch him, it's from this place of like jaw dropping. I'm just like, wow, I didn't even know you can pull this level of detail information I had no idea and I definitely don't pull that level of information at that accuracy. So the old me before I started healing that story would say, well, I shouldn't be doing this, right? But now it's like, no, Danielle, he's been doing this 30 years. Imagine will you'll be in 30 years if you just continue on this path because the truth is you're going to be developing until the day you die. You will always be developing in mediumship. You'll never be in a place where you're going to think that you're a total rock star. And you know how I know this? Do you know how I know this? Because the wonderful and the one and only Mavis Patilla held a workshop late last year titled, Is the Medium Ever Satisfied? Now, Mavis is like 90 or 80 or something. She was part of the spiritualist church back in the Gordon Higginson days. Only the people who are super interested in the history of mediumship would get that reference. But I love Gordon Higginson lectures and I love his lens of mediumship. Though I don't agree with all the philosophies of spiritualism, I really do appreciate um, what it did for modern mediumship today. So in this webinar, you know, I watched this 90 minute webinar where she talked about all the different hangups that mediums have. And the real answer is no, the medium is never satisfied. The medium never thinks that they are the best or that they are good enough. And when I heard her say that in this webinar last year I was like hey I let it go I completely release my thoughts around what good enough looks like so if that little sharing and that little story can bring you some peace my job is done do you ever think that you will be good enough I don't know I don't think so because we are in an era of our human capacity where expectations continually steal our joy our level of expectations are so high because we're a small world now there's so much visibility on what's going on out there so we have no choice but to compare and it doesn't matter how strong you are how self-confident you are you will always end up comparing yourself in some way shape or form and it's no different in mediumship in a lot of ways it's worse in mediumship So it was interesting for me. Once I put myself out there, I didn't actually have a website until sometime in in 2017. I was just like a kitchen witch, as I say, where you had to have heard about me to be able to get a reading with me. 
Um, this is back when I gave out my phone number, which is unlisted now. Um, I'll tell a whole different podcast episode on that kind of stuff. But um, then I launched a website and, you know, became a little bit more recognized, a little bit more well-known. People started driving from like all over the province to come get readings with me. Uh, but I was still mostly local in person. I didn't do a whole lot online. Um, and it was fascinating. And then... I started this podcast in 2018 and that really put me on an international stage and now I have to say about 95% of my business is worldwide in the States, England, Australia, New Zealand. I did Costa Rica a couple weeks ago. I had a client in Costa Rica. Um, yeah, it's just international now. It's it's fascinating. So the evolution of my spiritual practice over these past almost four years doing it professionally has been really fascinating and I have to say that the confidence builds as you put yourself out there as you kind of forget your ego forget yourself forget your own needs within this work and just show up from a service mindset how can I serve let's have some fun today and I have learned that doing it that way has been so much more enjoyable. We take spirituality and, and mediumship very seriously when we first began. And I did because of that experience I had with that woman who grabbed me and looked me in the eyes, like help me. I took my development very seriously and you should take it seriously and you should recognize the impact that you have with this gift but spirit doesn't want us to be uptight, rigid, and scared all the time. They want us to have fun and enjoy this experience. And those people out there who do readings, even if you're doing practice readings, you know the difference between a reading where you're having fun and the energy that's created versus a reading where you're scared of being wrong and you don't know if you're going to fuck it up. And if you fuck it up, then what's going to happen? So you really need to approach this work with a healthy balance of fun and responsibility. Have to, have to, have to. So that's a little bit about my story of how I kind of came to my awareness of mediumship when I finally put myself out there and a little bit into how it's kind of evolved over time. Again, I'm still mostly word of mouth um, without a doubt. Like people who have experiences with me tell their friends or share it on Instagram and then more clients continue to come. This podcast has been phenomenal for my business and I never expected that I was truly just trying to exercise my voice and kind of like move all the energy that was in my heart because it's like all I want to talk about is mediumship and spiritual stuff and I just don't have people in my close circle who are interested in talking about this stuff so it was a little bit selfish and had I have known that it would put me where I am at today I probably would have been scared shitless <laughs> and I probably wouldn't have started to be honest with you and just the fact that I was I wanted to do this podcast with Melissa originally but she's so busy you know she does like 40 readings a week or something so she it was just too hard to land time between four kids between us her schedule and then I was working corporate and I didn't have very much time um, to do my practice outside of my readings and we had a difference of opinion on names. And I was so set on spirit school. I was like, I can't get past it. I need to do spirit school. 
And now that I'm launching Spirit School, the International School for Spiritual Studies, I totally see why Spirit was insistent on me naming it Spirit School because it's part of my bigger path, right? Being a teacher is my path. I chose and Spirit has encouraged me to be a teacher in mediumship and a teacher for other people who are spiritually curious and coming out of the closet and Spirit School is that platform in which I'll be able to share my teachings as well as this podcast. This podcast will never end and this is divine intelligence but I tell you if I knew that this is where I was going to be back then I probably would have been way too scared to start. So that's why sometimes we can't have the certainty that we're yearning for before we make the leap before we put ourselves out there because spirit's like you're gonna fucking freak out if you know everything that's coming so take baby steps just do the thing do the one thing that makes a movement and feel good about it so now I'm going to give you a few things to think about I want you to journal about this I want you to think really deeply around some of these questions that I'm going to tell you If you can answer these with confidence and with a heart expansive energy, then I feel like you're ready. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It doesn't matter if you've been doing it six months or three months. I have a student who she's so gung-ho and she's only been doing it a year and she's so confident and she just knows this is part of her destiny and she's going to do really well because of that confidence, but she's not overconfident. She's not doing it from a place of fame. She's just doing it because she knows that this is part of her calling. And I really love that energy behind it. Now, if you've done some practice sessions, I think before you start charging people and putting yourself out there, I do think that you should have a certain amount of practice settings behind your belt. And when I talk to people to do practice sessions, I'm like, instead of charging money, which adds pressure, and believe me, you go do a reading for free versus charging money there is a big energetic difference there's a lot of pressure on the medium when there's dollars on the line right like I'm almost 200 bucks an hour now and you know you got to show up (laughs) there's a level of expectation on you whether you believe it or not that you need to work with that energy so if you're not ready to charge money and I don't think you should charge money at the beginning I think that you should use the energy exchange as feedback like thank you for allowing me to work with you today in exchange for this like 20 minute practice reading I just ask for you know good feedback afterwards on how you felt what resonated with you how was the flow Um, whatever feedback you were looking for, you need to have good, honest, positive feedback. You need to make sure that your sitter understands that you're looking for honest yeses and honest noes, right? You watch the old American Idol. You're like, these people think they're amazing and they're not. It's because their parents told them they were amazing. If you're going to continually use sitters who just like tell you you're amazing, you're not going to grow. You need honest yeses. You need honest noes. So pick a number, not 150 for the love of God. Like pick like 25 or something like that or even less and get it to a point where you understand your language with spirit enough that you can hold at least a 20 minute reading. I don't think reading should like go over 45 minutes but other mediums have other opinions on that. Some I know do like an hour. I'm like oh I couldn't even imagine doing an hour a couple times a day like that would just be like too much energy for me it took me a long time I would do 25 minute readings hour-long readings 50 minute readings finally landed on 45 three years ago and I've kept it there I only have that one 
reading time slot. Other mediums I know do, here's a 30-minute reading and a 50-minute reading and a 60 I'm like, I couldn't even imagine the logistics behind the back end of that schedule. Like 45 minutes, that's it. <laughs> so you'll learn your boundaries when you're doing these practice sessions. Another thing, another sign that you should know that you're ready to put yourself out there and go to the next level with your services is people are seeking you out. People are continually asking you, are you doing this? Do you have any sessions available? How much do you charge for this? That's a sign that spirit is aligning these people to you and that you can help them. A huge one, before you are ready to hang your shingle and to put yourself out there as a professional psychic medium or whatever you're doing, you have to be able to handle a no without losing your power, without your energy dipping. You need to be able to give a bunch of information, have somebody say, no, I don't understand that at all. That is not for me and not crumble. If you're still crumbling, you still need to be in the practice phase, right? You shouldn't really be out there providing, you know, $100 readings for folks if you can't handle the no because your ego is still way too attached to the outcome of the reading when we're really showing up as a channel for the world of spirit right when I hear a no I had actually this happen the other day um I and spirit told me about it when I was getting ready in the bathroom spirit was talking to me like they always do when I'm like doing my hair and makeup and Skylar was saying to me you're gonna have a little tough one today they're not gonna be able to place the first communicator I was like, well, shit, why would you guys do that to me? <laughs> like, Why wouldn't you just give me somebody that they can understand? And so they don't answer me. They don't reveal everything to me. I'm like, okay, but I forget about it, right? Like this is how shitty my memory is. Like 15 minutes later, I'm going into the reading setting and I'm giving all this evidence. And she's like, no, nope, don't understand that. Nope, my mom's still here. My grandma's still here. I'm like what? What? Well, who's showing me this? So that's what I learned. When they say no, the old me back in the practice days would have crumbled. I wouldn't have known where to go. And trust me, I've had some nightmare experiences <laughs> where I have crumbled and like blocked people because I'm like, oh my God, I can't ever look at these people again <laughs> because my ego was so attached to the outcome and that's not what this world is about. So if I get a no like that, when the person said, nope, 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 doesn't make any sense. Nope, they're all still alive. I just said, okay, well, give me a second because somebody is showing this to me. Like I know my gift and my ability enough to not lose my power and lose my energy in that moment and just say, okay, I know what I'm seeing. I know what I'm getting. So who's showing me this? And when I take a step back, I was able to pull in this male energy and it made sense because I was like, okay, so this is mom, this is grandma, but it's showing me from the deceased grandfather lens. Got it. So sometimes you really have to just like work it out with spirit, right? So you have to be able to handle a no and still to maintain your energy and move past it in a positive way. And that doesn't mean abandon all the evidence you just gave, right? At all. It means work it out with spirit. Ask them to show it to you in a different way that the other person will understand because spirit usually gives you information first that you'll understand. They work in your world of references. So hopefully that helps some people out there. You can keep your personality in a session. That's another thing. I've seen so many, you know, I was like this, especially early on. Like, I think I'm kind of funny. I think that I have a big personality. I'm very expressive. But when I was in a reading situation early on, I was like a freaking robot. I didn't know how to keep my personality in it. It was like I was totally somebody else. And then once I realized um, that I could lighten up and that spirit can be funny and you can talk about death and dying and tragedy, 
uh, without going down the rabbit hole of PTSD and triggering your sitter, then you feel, then you're ready to work with the public because there's a different skill set between connecting with spirit and picking up information with them than being a reader and working with the public. They're two completely different skill sets that require development. So when you're putting yourself out there and working for the public, you need to be able to maintain a level of your own personality and your own essence within that work because people chose to work with you for a reason could you imagine seeing somebody super funny and cool on instagram and then they like book a reading with you and you're a robot (laughs) right so that's just it's not like ride or die that like you can't not do readings because you can't keep your personality but look for that ask yourself that Right, because you need to show up authentically when you're working for spirit as well. And finally, one thing you really need to think about when you're about to put yourself out there, you're considering putting yourself out there and charging money, you need to have a why. And you need to have a good why. And it can't be a why like, well, I want to help people. Like that's so blanket, right? Blanket. There's a deeper why. And when I went through the exercise of my why, and the why changes often, sometimes you'll get readings or you'll get like a really difficult client or you'll have a really shitty experience and you'll wonder like, should I be doing this work? Like, is this work really worth all this like mental anguish that I'm putting myself through because I didn't meet my expectations and I I feel like I let the world of spirit down and I feel like I let my sitter down and You have to revisit your why all the time and you may have to recreate your why every year that you enter this this spiritual work, but it needs to be a deep why. You have to want it more than just helping other people. You can help other people by carrying their groceries to the car, right? You don't need to be doing this work to do that. So I won't share my why because it's very personal, but how I got to my why, and it was actually Lindsay Marino who taught me this, and I always like to credit the teachers where I learned my information. So she'll ask you, why do you want to do this? Okay, why is that important to you? Okay, why is that important to you? Okay, why is that important to you? And we did that through 10 layers, and then I got to the real why, right? So think about that. Why are you doing this work? Um, And have a why, you know, this is totally, how do you say that word? Subjective, right? Your why might feel so powerful to you and it might sound a little bit flat to me. And my why might be super powerful for me and emotional for me and fall flat for other people. So you just need to make sure that your why I feel in this work is one of integrity, one of you know, service mindset. And yeah, I'll let you figure that out. But I don't think that you should enter this work professionally unless you have a really clear why, why you want to do it, why you want to show up for the world of spirit. So that's kind of what I have for you guys today. So hopefully that's helpful. And Again, I always like to share a little bit of what I've experienced so that other people can avoid similar pitfalls or similar mental traps, but the real essence of it is there are no rules. There are no hard and fast rules. If you read books by 10 different mediums, they all have very different routes, roads, and reasons for falling into this work. I do feel that we are called I do feel that we are answering a calling when we are entering this work. And I believe that my calling was set out for me at a very young age. And it doesn't make me special and it doesn't make me 
any more worthy than anyone else. I know that there's a ton of people who hear my story and find their own similarities within my story because we're all being called. You would not be attracted to a podcast like this if you weren't being called. So rest assured that Um, I do feel that my calling was as a kid being so spiritually curious when I didn't have a spiritually curious family. They are now very much, but I don't remember that very much when I was younger. We didn't go to church and we didn't pray and we didn't, you know, celebrate the holidays really. Like Christmas was about gifts, right? Um, It wasn't about like Jesus or anything like that. So you know, I felt like being drawn to Sylvia Brown, like she saved my life. Her book, The Other Side and Back, saved my life. And that's a story for another day, but it saved my life when I was 17 years old. I probably would be six feet under right now, though I wouldn't because nobody's burying me. I want to be cremated and turned into a crystal. So I would probably be a crystal on somebody's mantle right now if it wasn't for her book. That was a calling. John Edwards on TV, calling. Paranormal Investigation Group, calling seeing Ishel the day of my breakup where I probably had suicide ideation for my first time of my life calling having my child calling so you can look back at different pinpoints in your life and see that calling coming for you so just some things to consider and I guess I'm just like really excited too to end the podcast just saying Spirit School's coming. Spirit School, the International School of Spiritual Studies is going to be launched with my Live Your Magic by the Moon class and it's going to be launched also with the Claire's class that I'm doing right now. Our final class is a Saturday and I got to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever been so proud of anything that I've created than this class and the feedback that I have received has been phenomenal and I have a feeling it's going to be like a signature course. So I will be launching that on May 11th and you will be able to purchase the course and all the collateral. It'll be six hours of studies, like it'll be six hours of video courses, um, visualization files, guided meditations, workbooks, handouts, like it's going to, it's very in-depth, very, very in-depth. And so I'm very excited for that. That will be launching next month and you'll be hearing about it a lot more on the podcast. So I look forward to you guys checking me out on Instagram. Follow me there. That's kind of where I'm sharing all the details. And I'm also creating an online development circle. I still haven't quite figured out the structure yet, but it will be starting in a couple weeks where there's people out there who just want a safe space to practice their gifts in, whether it's mediumship, psychic, whatever it is. And so I am going to create that space once a month or bi-weekly where you can just pay a small fee. I will teach some spiritual teachings and spiritual philosophy, whatever my guides inspire me with that day. And I will set you guys up to practice with one another in a safe, supportive and high vibe space. So again, all of that is on my Instagram stories so follow me on Instagram at Squamish Medium if this is something that speaks to your soul all right guys love you so much have a good one